But, you know, sometimes, you know, you're allowed to disagree with the client. Like you're the designer and it's your job to provide them with the best solution based on your skills and your expertise and your experience. And while you do have to address all of their feedback, you can also decline some of it as as long as you have a good reason obviously you know it's not just about your own personal taste welcome to design life a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives my name is charlie and i'm femke and welcome to episode 30 i can't believe it we got this far it's super cool to reach little milestone episodes like this, don't you think, Charlie? Yeah, loving the whole numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in today's episode, episode 30, we're going to talk about feedback. And we're likely going to talk about feedback in terms of getting feedback from clients on your design work, but also getting feedback from others on your ideas or your side projects. So we'll be getting a little bit in depth on both of those, I think. But first is the weekly check-in. Charlie, I just saw you last week, but how have you been since then? Well, to be honest, I'm finding it a little bit hard to get back on track again. I think we've talked about this before in perhaps it was an episode about motivation. I don't know. I find when I come back from holiday, it's really difficult for me to get my head back into the game and, mm-hmm. you know, back into the zone of working. Um, been doing a lot of stuff recently, like I hosted a workshop the other weekend, which was really exciting, very nerve wracking, but how did it go? Yeah, it was good. People asked lots of questions and we were very responsive and we almost ran overtime, like people wanting to talk so much. So I would call that a good thing. I don't know how like structured and organized it was, but (laughs) yeah, it was, it was a good chat, good conversation. And I think that they got value out of it. So that's what you want. Yeah, since then, I've been struggling to get back on track with everything. So that's my mission for this week. It's only Wednesday, so there's still time to like turn it around. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you've been away for, what, a week and a half now? Yeah, so just over a week, I think, like a week and two days or something. So how about you? How's your week been since I left? Yeah, it's been a good week so far. Unfortunately, we didn't have a public holiday on Monday like you did. Oh. Um, but yeah, just been trucking along with things, getting the blog together and, you know, working a little bit on my own sort of personal design as well. So expanding the apartment website a little bit more. I'm kind of doing a little bit of design behind the scenes and hopefully that will come to life someday soon. That would be really exciting. So yeah, just the usual, usual for me at the moment. Nice one. So uh, with this new, um, just to tie in our topic, because we're smooth like that, with these new design things you're doing behind the scenes on the apartment, uh, are you asking for any feedback on that side project thing? You know, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm showing it to Owen and sort of getting his feedback, but more from a development point of view. Uh, in terms of like getting feedback from others, it's something that I have thought about, but I haven't really thought further than that idea of like maybe I should ask for feedback. Uh, you know, like I, I don't think I would sort of like publish it on Twitter like, hey, here's a work in progress. What do you guys think? You know, because... I mean, I don't think that's the right audience and the right context to to do that. So 
I don't know, like maybe I might reach out to a few close friends and see what they think and see if it, they think it would be useful or alternatively, maybe I could even share it with my mailing list because they're really the audience that are going to be seeing it and using it and consuming it. Uh, so, you know, it could be good to get their feedback on that. Yeah, that's a really interesting thought. I I hadn't thought about that before because my um like I suppose my mailing list isn't all design people like some are interested in the other sort of things I do, but I did uh, when I updated my blog well my website uh, I included like a sneak peek in my monthly newsletter. Yes, I remember. Yeah, that was really nice. I I got some good feedback on that. Not so much like useful critique, but. People said they liked it, you know, so that's interesting. But I, th- I think if you're specifically asking people to critique your work, though, in a newsletter setting, that that could go down really well. Yeah, it could. Maybe it's something I need to think about further. Uh, like, you know, a few we have a few ideas for expanding the website a little bit. So there's a few new sections that we want to bring in that I've kind of done the design work for. Uh, and also expanding the blog a little bit. I think I may have touched on this potentially, I don't remember, but uh, sort of giving it categories and highlighting those categories a bit more and structuring it a little bit. Uh, And thus, you know, the design has changed a little, like it's still the same, but, you know, there's new elements coming in and things are being moved around a little bit. So, I mean, yeah, that could be a nice thing to share with my mailing list at least or or maybe a close friend like you. At some point, uh, yeah, yes. I'll volunteer. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> you can expect an email from me after this <laughs> deal. But I mean, for you and your like YouTube videos, do you get feedback on those before you publish them, or do you kind of just trust your gut? I mean, you've been doing it for so many years now that surely you've like perfected that whole process of doing it. I wouldn't say perfected. Far from that. But I also don't ask for feedback on them unless there's something in particular I'm not sure about. If I'm happy with it, then it goes live and, you know, people can leave comments and critiques and I can work on that for next time. But there's just most often not time for feedback in my YouTube making process. Yeah, it's just not something that I prioritize as part of part of the flow. Like I'd rather get it to a stage where I'm happy with it. So the only time I ask for feedback is, and it's usually from my sister who also makes YouTube videos. So I figure she's a good like judge and I know she can be honest with me. So when there's something I'm not sure about, like I'm like, "Hmm, is this bit going too quick here? Or like, should I speed this up? Is your attention being held? And she can tell me honestly what she thinks. But that doesn't really often happen because usually I can get my videos to a stage where I'm happy with them. And yeah, that means they go live. Yeah, I think like getting feedback on like a one-off piece of design, like a client project or something that you're doing at work is different than getting feedback on like a piece of content that you do regularly. Yeah. I, I, you know, I do regular blog posts each week and I've been doing that for about a year now and I don't feel like I need in-depth feedback on each blog post every week and that's probably the same with you and your YouTube videos like you're confident enough to know when something's not working but you might occasionally hit those like sort of walls or roadblocks where you're like yeah a second opinion could could really be useful here yeah that's exactly it it's a second opinion rather than actually needing detailed feedback um something that I if I ever eventually get on to doing more products for my store for example which is not like high on the priority list at the moment but 
when I do that, I will be wanting to get feedback from people before I go and produce things, I think. And I'm not sure how I'm going to solicit that, but I just want to make sure that it's something that people like. And also would like to share it with fellow designers like you, Femme, to get that critical design eye across things. Because I think there's two types of feedback, right? There's that, like you said before, validation. And then there's like useful feedback that you can actually act on. And we've talked about this in our critiquing episode, I think, about, uh, you know, the difference between feedback from someone that you can actually do something with and the stuff that just makes you feel good or like, you know, people are just saying, yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like when I think to my magazine idea, you know, I put out a tweet like asking if people would be interested in it and, you know, people said yes or no. And I guess in a way that's kind of like that's asking for feedback, right? Like that's me looking for feedback to sort of validate that idea and I feel like that's quite different feedback from yeah like client critique or like critiquing in-depthly an idea or something that you're working on yeah totally there was actually a twitter chat that I vaguely took part in last night I was at a gig and it was between sets so I was just you know checking twitter as you do it was the we blog design chat and they were talking about feedback and like if you get it and if you act on it to do with your blog and it got me thinking that um like with the type of content that you post was what they were talking about it in relation to and I was sort of thinking that sometimes a lack of feedback is feedback in itself you know like right. if you're producing things and nobody is responding or you know maybe it's getting a couple of like passive likes but not much more than that in a way that's sort of I take that as feedback to me, like, okay, so that one didn't really, like, strike home with people, so what can I change for next time? I sort of work on feedback in my side projects in that sort of way, so from people's reaction once it's posted rather than before it goes live. That's a good point, actually, because I feel like I do the same thing in terms of I might check my analytics now and then and see which post has been performing well. And I've kind of been experimenting lately with different kinds of posts and different kind of structured posts. So I've done a couple posts on like sharing resources, like I did one on uh, something like here's five type foundries to you know, get inspiration or get new typefaces for your next project. That's kind of like a resource focus post. And then I've also just recently done one where I actually gave away a free template in the post. So it was like, here's all the information and why you should do this thing. And here's the free resource at the bottom. And then I've done other posts about like, here's my process, etc. And I've kind of, I've purposefully actually been doing those different kind of structured posts to see which ones are sticking and which ones aren't sticking. And it's been quite cool, especially with the uh, free resource one that I just published last week. I've seen, uh, you know, not a lot more, but more people sharing it because I'm assuming it's got a free resource in it, which, you know, I think people find a little bit more valuable. So that is also feedback to me. Like that, that shows and tells me that, you know, people are interested in that and potentially people want more of that. So I think that's something that I'm going to keep trying to include in my future posts. Yeah, it also means that they've checked it out and thought it was really useful. So they wanted to share it with their friends, you know, and help help out the people who follow them as well. So that's really yeah. cool. That's great feedback. Yeah, it's good. How often do you get feedback from your audience? Like, I don't know, are people ever critical of your work or... 
I don't know, leave things that, comments about things you could improve on? Does that ever tend to happen? And maybe even them just asking for something different from you. I don't know, it could be not not negative in any way, just asking for something in particular. Yeah, so like a couple of months after I started the apartment and started my mailing list, I actually did a sort of type form feedback questionnaire just to get a sense of like, you know, are you guys enjoying it? Am I doing this right? Like, you know, a little bit of validation that what I was actually putting all of this effort into was was worth it. But I think I was a bit premature because I only got two responses, <laughs> which mm. isn't really enough to give you a solid representation of a group, if you know what I mean. Though also, like we were just talking about, the fact that you only got two responses shows that at that stage of where you were at, your audience wasn't engaged enough yet to you know, fill mm-hmm. out the survey. I bet if you did it now, it'd be totally different. You'd get way more. I, I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was a good experience for me. Like mm-hmm. it showed me like A, I was a bit, probably a bit too premature in sending that out and B, like, okay, I need to be a bit more engaging here. Like maybe I'm not personal enough for my emails so people don't feel like they can talk to me or didn't feel comfortable filling in the questionnaire. I'm not sure. Uh, so yeah, I've done that once before, but I feel like maybe I should potentially do that again soon. Uh, but the other thing is actually related to this podcast and that we sometimes get feedback out of the blue, just like emailed to us, right? Yeah, we do. It's quite amazing, actually. I've not had that really with other side projects before. I mean, on my YouTube videos, some people are always going to leave, you know, leave things like, oh, you're really hard to understand. You talk too fast. Someone even said you talk too much once in one of my videos. And I was like, why'd you click on a video from me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're obviously in the wrong place. There is also sometimes some useful feedback though. Like uh, someone said that they thought that my videos was a, was a bit uh, overexposed. And I was like, yep, fair point. I do like to, you know, bump up the ISO so that my skin looks a bit nicer than it does in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I can watch that for next time. Yeah, but our our feedback we've been getting for the podcast has been really useful stuff. Like you can tell it's really smart people leaving it, you know. Yeah, I think also if people are giving you unsolicited feedback, like just out of the blue sending you feedback, I mean they obviously care enough or like yes, are invested definitely. enough to give you that feedback, you know. Yeah, it's a great like situation to be in. Yeah, like I would never give someone feedback if I only just like read one of their blog posts one time because I don't think that's very fair and also taking the time to reach out and give someone feedback is in a way you giving them value right like when our listeners will email into us or you know chat to us on Twitter we've had a few DMs sometimes you know when that happens they're taking time out of their day because they've listened to a show and thought oh I feel like saying this would really help these guys out so I'm going to put the time into doing that we that we obviously really appreciate that and it's obviously yeah they're taking time out of their day to do that for us some of the feedback we get is a bit hard to act on though right like I don't think that you have to do everything your audience says like just in general not not just for this podcast right no definitely not people are always going to want different things and it's going to be impossible to please everyone like I know we've had a lot of people asking us to do interviews on this podcast mm-hmm. a surprising amount actually and that's I don't know that's just difficult for us with the situation in which we record because we want to have high quality audio and because we only have two microphones and we're in different countries yeah I mean 
maybe we can work on it in the future, but that's not like in our plan right now. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point actually is that you don't always have to incorporate all the pieces of feedback that you get. Definitely, because getting feedback is a great thing and it's good to take on board what people are saying. But also, just because someone said it doesn't mean you have to do it because it is your project at the end of the day when we're talking about side projects. You know, you you have to be the one to decide what you do with it in the end because you can often get feedback that conflicts with each other as well. Like in, I'm just going to share, for for example, in our survey we sent out, we had some people saying we they wanted us to talk more about design and other people saying they wanted to hear us talk more about the side projects. So, you know. Mm, you can't please everyone. Yeah, we're disappointing someone. <laughs> I think it's also important to realise where and who that feedback is coming from. Mm. You might get a you know, negative comment on your YouTube video, uh, but you would probably treat that comment differently depending on whether it's from, you know, a really engaged watcher who watches your videos every week or someone that is like totally random and that has never seen a video of yours before, right? Definitely. That's a really good point. So I feel the same with the podcast. Like if someone only ever listened to one episode and then wrote us like a novel about all the terrible things that we do... (laughs) Uh, I, I probably wouldn't be as inclined to take that feedback on board as I would if it were like a regular weekly listener that, you know, had listened to us for a while and understood what we're kind of doing. And engages with us on Twitter sometimes. Yeah, we'd be more likely to know them and trust what they say. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, another point is that the weight you should give feedback depends on who is giving it. Yeah, and there's always going to be quote unquote haters you know and someone leaving you a hate comment that's not feedback I don't think like don't get confused between those kind of comments and feedback because those people are just trolling you and I wouldn't even give it like a second of your time also at the conference we just went to uh in Amsterdam 10w we heard a talk from Jessica Walsh and she said something I think it was actually a quote from someone else but I can't remember who she said that someone else was but she said, if nobody hates your work, then nobody really loves it either. Mm-hmm. So she was saying that if something in your work causes someone to reach out and, you know, hate on it, basically, then that's going to equally cause someone else to really love it for the same reasons, probably, that that other person hates it. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a really, like, positive positive way to look at it. Yeah, a nice spin on the haters. <laughs> How about client feedback in this equation? Because even though we've just been saying that, you know, with side projects, you can take feedback with a pinch of salt, you don't have to include it. I feel like with client feedback, you do have to address all of their feedback, at least, even if you don't act on it all. You do have to address it, right? Yeah. And that's the key there. Yeah. Is addressing it, you have to do, but you don't necessarily have to incorporate it into your work I mean it it depends obviously like sometimes or most of the time it's probably actually worth incorporating like they probably have good ideas and good reasons and validations for why they have that feedback but you know sometimes you know you're allowed to disagree with the client like you're the designer and it's your job to provide them with the best solution based on your skills and your expertise and your experience and while you do have to address all of their feedback you can also decline some of it as as long as you have a good reason obviously you know it's not just about your own personal taste how do you go about that when there's a 
something the client said to you that you disagree with and think that by including will actually harm the design and what what do you do like how do you tackle that situation I try and back my reasoning up with other things so for example uh, I once had a client project where the client wanted a parallax effect on their site Mm -hmm. Uh, and for those who don't know what parallax is um, it's kind of like as you scroll elements sort of overlap each other I don't know how else would you describe it Charlie and they sort of scroll scroll at a different time almost like they're in different planes yeah on the website so it means that I think parallax can be defined as anything that's scrolling where the stuff doesn't do as you expect and just you know scroll with the page yeah yeah so they wanted that on their website and I felt like I mean, I also had like a personal feeling of I personally don't like those, uh, but me just saying to the client like, oh, no, I don't like it. You know, that's not really a good enough reason. Uh, Also, I didn't think it was appropriate for the particular project. Like I didn't think it was necessary. So I kind of had to back up why I didn't think we should put it in with, yeah, those kinds of reasons. Like, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's going to enhance the project. I think it's just going to add increasing complexity and confusion for the user because elements are going to be flying everywhere and they're going to be super confused. Mm. It's not very good for UX. It's a little bit outdated. You know, you kind of have to, like, back it up with some quote-unquote facts or, you know, outcomes of using that thing that they've suggested suggested uh, rather than just your own personal opinion yeah this is reminding me of something that I read recently and I wish I could remember where it's early okay but <laughs> it said something that making your job is not to make the client happy your job is to give the client the right solution to their problem right and those mm-hmm. two things might always not always be the same thing Obviously, well, you'd hope that if you're solving the problem, then the client will be happy. But there is sometimes things where they'll ask you to just make it this color because uh, this is my favorite color, you know? And that's not something that you have to follow because that's nothing to do with the problem. And, you know, you you don't have to listen to everything the client says and take it on board. You do want to make them happy, but not at the expense of the design. Yeah, so the other thing that I try and do is to avoid getting feedback like change the color because to me that's not very useful. So the the feedback that I find useful is I think we've talked on, talked about this in multiple episodes actually, but like is asking why. So feedback such as like, "Oh, I'm not feeling like, you know, this goal is being achieved here or like I'm not feeling like this is obvious enough to the to the viewer, etc. Like feedback like that is more helpful rather than like prescribing fixes. You know, mm. an example of that might be, um, yeah, make the logo bigger, for example, or can we move this box to this position? Like that's like prescribing a fix, and then I just basically become like a mouse mover or a button pusher. What's way more helpful for me is. Yeah, those other kinds of more descriptive feedback of like, I'm not feeling like this is really working here or how does this happen here? I'm not really feeling like that's very obvious or this this bit here is hidden and I feel like it should be coming out more, you know, and then the fix or the solution is on me. Like that's then my challenge to figure out how to get it to that point. I hope that made sense. That was really hard to describe. It, no, it does make sense. But I think that 
clients are gonna just naturally tell you things like, oh, this should move over here or make the logo bigger, you know, because they think that's being useful is if they tell you exactly what to do, then yes. what you've got to do is do it, right? And then it'll all be solved. I've actually been doing a series on my YouTube channel. Uh, what have I called it? I think it's called What Client Feedback Really Means, where I've been deciphering these like common vague statements and helping people uncover the reasons behind why clients could be saying those things like make the logo bigger for example they're usually saying that because they feel like they're worried that their brand isn't represented enough and that this piece of design work you've done isn't connected enough to their brand so they think they're making the logo bigger will help with that yeah but it could not be right it could be a multiple multiple other factors that could help connect it to the brand not just the logo yeah exactly so when clients give you vague feedback like that, you have to go back and ask questions and chat to them about it and ask the why, like you said, to work out what the reasoning is for giving this piece of feedback so that then you can solve it because then you've found the problem they have with it and you can come up with a solution. You never want clients to give you the solution because that's not very useful. Yeah, so I try and avoid this as much as possible by letting my or informing and educating my clients on what useful and non-useful feedback is before they actually enter the feedback part of the process so I sort of give them a list of like this type of feedback is useful and this type of feedback is not useful so giving them like actual statements as sort of examples as to the type of feedback that would be useful for me and I find that that's really helpful both for me and for them uh, because it saves all of us time and straight away they know the type of feedback that they should be giving because quite often, you know, this client might have never worked with a designer before or they just think that you want feedback on like the color that you've used, you know. Uh, so kind of biting the bullet and giving them the type of feedback that you want up front sets a really good foundation for the type of feedback that they'll give you. Yeah, though you can't expect clients to understand that, I think, though, too. I'm sure your list helps, but have you still had some vague bits even with that list? Occasionally, but definitely less so. Like, yeah. I, I get yeah. more useful feedback, which I think is worth, you know, that that's still worth me giving it to them, just minimising the amount of unuseful feedback that I get. Yeah, definitely. So we asked our, our listeners about vague client feedback because it is a very common thing so we said when you get feedback from clients is it useful or is it a bit vague tell us about your experience with it Camilla said in capitals vague too vague design school doesn't prep you for situations where the salesperson says make it cooler for their thing and that's so true saying this I thought about the fact that everything I've learned about useful feedback has come from like stumbling through it really like striking these problems where people are telling me to make the logo bigger and working out what I can do to get to the bottom of why they're saying that and make actual useful fixes to the design from it. Because in design school, you naturally get good feedback, right? Like the tutors know design, so they can give you helpful critiques. So do your fellow students when they do give you critiques. So it's a different situation to be out in the real world with clients who, like you said, then have maybe never worked with a designer before. Yeah, and this actually makes me think more about like getting feedback from your design peers is different type of feedback from your client. Mm -hmm. So definitely, if I share my design with a designer, I know and I expect to get feedback that's like quite specific and, you know, very 
tangible about the design itself. But when I'm sharing it with the client, I know and expect and want the feedback to be more like holistic. Like I, I don't necessarily need feedback about like, uh, you know, line weight, for example. Mm. But I do want feedback on is this achieving what you need it to achieve? Do you feel like this is overall representing your brand? Like those kind of more holistic uh, views and feedback. Yeah, I suppose there's two types of useful feedback and it depends on who it's coming from. Like from the client, you do want that. But maybe from a fellow designer, you do want them to say, hmm, I think if you bumped up this line weight by 0.5 pixels, it yeah. could really make this look more even with this, you know? And those sort of prescriptive things are actually quite useful when they come from another designer sometimes. Yeah, totally. And that's one of the benefits of working in a design team, right? You can share yeah. it with your, with your design teammate and you can discuss those more sort of nitty gritty design details as opposed to, you know, asking your client what their thoughts are on the line weight. Yeah, totally. We had some more responses to this. So Todd says, the more the client understands the process, the better the feedback. I take responsibility to start a language with them. And that sounds like what you're doing as well with setting the tone for what feedback you expect. And that yeah, really helps with the process. Yeah, I think it's a lot about expectation and communicating. So setting the expectation about what you expect from the client in the feedback phase and also outlining the the process, I think, makes it easier for everybody. Because they know then what you're going to do with that feedback because you've outlined it in mm -hmm. the process, right? Yeah. I think that little piece of advice there could help with Borja. He responded and said not just vague but misleading sometimes some clients don't know how to give feedback and they point only to good things and that's so true people you know want to be positive and actually I'm surprised with client work with things being pointed only to positive because it's their work like their brand and company on the line right if this piece of design doesn't end up looking right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah sometimes people I don't know don't want to be mean or whatever so they want to only shower you with praise <laughs> But yeah, educating on the process and helping them understand what good feedback is will really help there. I think so too. And I think also turning that feedback phase into a bit of dialogue and a bit of conversation. So for example, rather than just sending over your design and being like, give me feedback, uh, you could like ask them specific questions. So mm. you could give them a list of like, you know, here's some things to think about while you're looking at the design, like how do I feel like this represents my brand? Do I do I see the user making a purchase? I don't know. This is just riffing off my head. But coming up with some questions for the client to think about when they're reviewing your design uh, could be really helpful and could steer that conversation and that feedback into a more useful way. Yeah, that makes sense. We had a really interesting uh, like stream of tweets from Alex. He said, shared loads of great thoughts with us. Mm, I just want to like did. sum it up quickly. So when we asked like if you solicit feedback from your audience or whatever when you're hosting a new side project, he said, of course, to be a great founder or creator, you must seek out feedback but also know how to assess it. Assessing it is much harder because you can't live in a vacuum but you also need to know how to filter. So that's hard because... Uh, early stages are sometimes more gut-driven, while later stages in the design process are much more fundamental changes based on behavior and feedback. And I think he's talking mostly about product design here. Mm -hmm. 
But he says, if you're not constantly showing people your work, people with the right context and insight and relevance to you and learning from it, then you're not doing a service to yourself to help evolve your gut, if that makes sense. And this is the difference, I think, in, you know, how we're talking before about how our blog posts and YouTube videos, we know when they're at the stage where we want to share them. I'm sure to start with, I don't know about you, but it definitely was the case for me. I was much more unsure in my YouTube videos. Like I'd post it and be like, oh, I hope people like it. I hope this is good enough, you know. Whereas yeah. now I've done enough that I can have some confidence in it and I've gotten enough feedback from people on what they like about my videos, what they don't like, just through the comments mostly. And from there I can have more confidence in my gut when I'm creating things. I think also what Alex said about sort of sharing it with the right people at the right time is also important, especially in something like product design where you go through quite a lot of phases and iterations from like wireframing and user experience and prototyping to actually, you know, doing the visual design as well. And if you if you only show or if you wait to get feedback too late, like you, you might have done all the wireframing and brainstorming and prototype user experience whatever and now you've got a visual design and you show that to the client without showing them any of the preceding stuff I think that's a mistake I think it's probably beneficial to get the to get feedback from the client even just at that like user experience wireframing stage because that hugely influences the remainder of the project yeah totally we talked about this in our design process video about how we wait video (laughs) podcast I was like wait we did a video (laughs) sorry guys to get your hopes up (laughs) so we talked about this in our design process episode how we both asked for feedback at that stage right when when you want to check that everyone's happy with the structure of the site or whatever you're making before you keep going because that has a huge impact on what you do with the visuals yeah so I think that's super important like knowing when to get feedback, the right time from the right person. That seems like a good note to end on, I think. There's a lot of, yeah, good talk about feedback in this episode, I think. It's about, just to try and quickly sum up, it's about getting useful feedback means that you have to be the one to educate the person you're asking feedback from in order to get that, right? And you have to make sure you're asking them at the right time and in the right situation so that it can be of most use. Yeah, definitely. And just a reminder, like you don't need to take all feedback on board. You know, it's it's your job as the designer or the creator of your side project or whatever it is that you're getting feedback on to filter through that feedback and pick out the good bits and the bits that you agree with and think will be beneficial to your project and implement them. And I would advise not reacting straight away to feedback, like sit on it and really think about it and think about if it's something that you need to take on board because your gut reaction to the feedback might be like, no, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it a bit more and like give it a chance to settle in your mind and, you know, think about it in terms of your project, it could turn out that if not the whole thing of what someone said, but maybe a little part of it could have a really good influence on what you're doing. So take time to digest it and don't feel like you have to take it all on board at once. So, Charlie, where can people go to find Design Life online? If you head to designlife.fm, you will find all 29 other episodes as well as this one. 
where you can listen to them and there's also links on there to subscribe to our newsletter. So if you subscribe to that, then you'll get an email in your inbox every Monday morning with a link to the latest episode so you can listen to it at work on your way to work or wherever you happen to be at that time of day. And if you want to engage with us, Twitter is the best place to do so. As you've heard, we often ask our audience questions and if you want to get in on the conversation, you can follow us on Twitter at DesignLifeFM. Good chat. We'll see you next week, fam. See you next week. Bye. Bye.